The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of those of myself and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions held by this podcasting platform. The following content is controversial and might be disturbing for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. This call will be recorded and subject to monitoring at any time. To accept this call, press 5. To block this call and all future calls, you may begin speaking now. Have you ever heard of the term she kissed a lot of frogs to get to her prince? I'm sure you have. Well, that was me. At 43 years old, I've had my fair share of failed relationships, situationships, meaningless connections. So about two years ago, I decided I was just going to embrace the single life and continue building my brand and creating a legacy. I never saw myself being married and definitely, definitely not to an inmate. But life is tricky, huh? Now, before we jump into the episode, guys, it is time for the cocktail of the day. Today's cocktail is the Sour Cranberry Paradise, and this is actually one of my favorite cocktails. Now, for this particular drink, we're going to use a highball glass, and of course, we're definitely going to need our shaker. We're going to take... Our ingredients are actually 1.5 ounces of Hennessy Black, 1.5 ounces of cranberry juice, 1.5 ounces of sour mix, and one lemon wedge. Now, with this particular drink, we're going to add all our ingredients into the shaker, and we're going to shake. And then we're going to strain it into our highball glass with fresh ice already in it, and we're going to garnish it with our lemon wedge. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Sour Cranberry Paradise. It is wonderful. I hope you guys enjoy it. Now, let's jump into this episode. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 16 of season two. Oh my God, guys, what's up? It's been a minute. It feels like it's been forever. Did you guys miss me? Because I definitely missed all of you guys out there. So I decided to take a break, take a month break in between the ending of season two. I said this is what I was going to start doing at the closing of the seasons. When it gets to episode 15, I was going to take 30 days to start working on some other stuff, processing some other stuff to get ready for the following season. And I'll jump back on and finish my last five. So what is up, guys? How are you guys doing out there? Oh, my goodness. So much. So much has gone on within this past month, and I'm going to fill you guys in as much as possible, as much as I can remember throughout the episode. Um, But yes, it's been 30 days, guys, and I ain't even going to (laughs) lie. I had to retake my first couple of um, um, edits and do it over and over and over and over these segments. Oh my God. I was like, Oh my goodness. I feel like I haven't done this in a minute. So 
three, four segments, edits in. <laughs> I finally got it right. I don't know. It just felt like uh, I've been away from the board too long. I've been away from the mic too long. I've been away from the computer too long. Um, those 30 days made a major, 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 major difference. But I'm back. <laughs> I hope you guys really, really miss me. Um, But so much has taken place. Oh, my God relationships still going strong everything is great of course you know with every relationship you have your ups and downs um you have your your disagreements your agree to disagreements and um but you keep going you keep going so today my topic is just simply to fill you guys in on what has been going on um the different uh, highs and lows that have been happening the past 30 days, nothing really major, you know, still on my spiritual journey, still trying to get to know me in a different way, still learning, um, still trying to continue having a very peaceful and loving relationship. My husband is still on board. Everything is still good. Um, everything is just good. Everything is good. The, the rocky, parts that we had kind of been going through for the past I'm gonna say about two months it was so much needed conversation so many things that needed to be said a lot of reassurance um a lot of planning for the future things that we want to do you know just growing pains real real growing pains and I will say this if I wasn't confident before I'm definitely confident now that I made the right decision um, in marrying this man and, you know, deciding to build a future with this man. Um, the love that we share is very, very strong. It's very organic. It's a very strong connection. Um, and as I said before, we really fight for this relationship. We really, really do. And it has been a fight. It has been a fight the past two months. I am not going to sit here and hold you, but I promise you, I done broke up with this man like twice <laughs> within a month. Um, it was a hard two months. It wasn't a earth shattering. It's over, you know, like detrimentally over type of situation. It was just some hard conversations. Um, you know, just to go back a little bit, you know, for those who have been with me throughout this journey and maybe ones who are just getting on this journey, me and my husband had two different lifestyles, two different lifestyles. He has children with other people. Um, so there's a lot. My husband has a has baggage. He comes to the table with things, with baggage, and I don't. So for a person who doesn't have baggage coming into a situation with someone who does, it's extremely difficult. Um, I am used to it being only me. I'm not really used to sharing my space and my time and my love with anyone else. Anybody that comes into my life doesn't have to compete with anybody, doesn't have to share me with anybody. You know, I don't have baby daddies. I don't I don't have those type of things. So it makes it hard for a person like me with what, what I would just sum it up and say a clean slate to be with someone who has had a life. Um, a very rock star, rock star type of life on top of having kids with other people, um, 
his past is definitely way more colorful than mine. So it was a lot of different conversations that we had to have that I really want to, you know, just put it out there that my husband really did the typical nigga shit. He did the typical man shit. He said just enough of certain things because he felt like if he gave it 100% raw and uncut that I would walk. And he was absolutely right. <laughs> he was absolutely right. Um, and that was a big thing for me. You know, I have a problem with people taking my choices away. You know, if I get into a situation and I know everything that's going on, I can't be mad at what happens at that point when I'm aware and when I'm, when I'm knowledgeable about what's going on. It's only when I don't know the full story. It's only when you've not given me all the details when you have omitted certain things that it begins to be a issue for me where my choice now has been taken away. So a lot of things my husband did not tell me. Um, and it wasn't like major, major things. It wasn't major things, but a lot of things my husband did not tell me um, that I felt like he should have a lot of things that I asked him, you know, when we were in our pre, um, getting closer stage where he had the opportunity to tell me certain things and he didn't. Um, I, I ask a lot of questions, you know, I'm not like ask a lot of questions, like what you doing, where you at irritating questions. I ask the important stuff um, because that helps me allow myself the chance to figure out how I want to move in any given situation. So a lot of things he did not tell the truth on. And once those questions came up again, when things got a little tensed, a lot of the truth starts to come out. And I'm gonna be honest, like I had no words for him. I was upset. I was disappointed. I was more disappointed than anything because of the relationship that me and him have and the bond that me and him have. Hands down, I give my husband this, this level of respect that I've never given probably any man in my life. Um, so I was disappointed when he wasn't 100% with me. I was really, really disappointed and really, really hurt when he wasn't because I put him somewhere totally different. Like this guy right here, this guy's not going to lie to me. This guy right here is going to keep it 100 with me. And he didn't. He did not on certain things. And we had to work through them. Like I said, it wasn't like a, a um dramatic uh, situation. It was some things as a woman, um, and in, in my intuition kind of knew the answers to some of the things, but of course I, I tried to give him the, give him the opportunity to say it to me. But as a woman, my gut, my intuitions, I kind of already knew the answers to that. So it wasn't like, I was like, Oh, Oh my God, I clutched my pearls. I can't believe this. No, it was just more of why you just didn't tell me the truth? Why you just didn't keep it real? You know, when this is stuff that we talked about already long time ago, now we revisiting again. This is not fair because guess what? X, Y, Z probably would have went this way or we would have went that way. Um, and so it was a dis it was disappointing. And we really went through this for like two months. We really, really did. Um, 
And now, oh gosh, and let me just add this. The the Mercury retrograde has played a major part in a lot of things. The communication is so serious when this time comes, guys. Please be on your P's and your Q's and try to... If anything, keep that communication going with your spouses, with your family, because the Metro, I'm sorry, the Metro, the Mercury retrograde is real and it really does affect communication. It really does wreak havoc. Um, and it's real and I believe in it. And if you guys know it, it it's, it's serious. So outside of that also playing a part in it, um, it was just some things that, came up and some things that needed to be talked about and I had got to a point where I just basically told him like listen you know it's not going to be fair for me to live a lie or for you to live a lie so we need to really talk this situation out and figure out which way we need to move because what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to be in a relationship or marriage or anything and be unhappy making someone else happy and I do not want the person that I'm with to be unhappy trying to make me happy. So a lot of things had to be talked about. A lot of decisions had to be made. A lot of the ugly truths had to come out. Um, and we worked through it. Guys, we worked through it. And I mean, when I tell you we worked through it, we worked through it. It was times where them emails were so long. Like, I mean maximum character long and the phone calls you know it's only 15 minutes per phone call so we couldn't really get out of it took us a minute to establish where we were trying to be what we were trying to do um how was we going to work through it and it makes it very very hard when a person is incarcerated again you can't pick up the phone and talk all, all night long you can't pull up on this person you guys can't go to dinner sit down talk face to face eye to eye so it makes it hard so a normal weekend of just locking ourselves in the house talking and trying to you know fight through this situation it takes it longer when that person is incarcerated because you have to do everything via email and 15 minutes um per phone call and that's still not enough especially when you have 500 minutes and then you have children that you have to call parents that you have to call siblings that you have to call nieces and nephews that you have to call so it makes it very very hard um but we got through it and this is the thing that i'm most proud of we got through it together we got through it together. No middleman, no girl, can you talk to him for me? Or uh, no man, can you call her for me? It was us. We did the work. We did the work ourselves. Um, and, and respectfully, like respectfully, there was no threatening uh, uh, words, hurtful words. There was no uh, emotional damage um, included, you know, no mental toying around. It was nothing like that. And that is one thing, not one, but one of the many things that I do love about my marriage, my relationship, and my husband is because he does he talks to me with respect like we, we talk as friends but he really really handles me with care 
I'll be the one sometimes with the slick mouth. I'm not even going to hold you. I know I do. But what I love about him is that if he know he deserve it, he know that that's what comes with that. He take it. He take it like a man and he accepts it because it, when he's wrong, he's wrong. He don't like it, but he'll admit it. It'll take him a minute <laughs> to get to that point, but he'll admit it. And I respect him so much for that. Um, So many things that I respect about him, but that is definitely one of them. He will come around and admit when he's wrong. And the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about him and my relationship and marriage with him is that the realization of who he wants to be, who he needs to be, um, he is not afraid of change. It's different. It's new, like everything else. Change is not easy. But this man has no problem admitting and wanting to actually change and will do the work. We're at a working stage right now. You know, once 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 the smoke cleared, we really had to tap into our friendship. Like I always say, our friendship is the most important ship in this marriage um we had to start back you know laughing and talking and as friends you know to kind of break the ice because there was some uneasy feelings especially on my end because i i gave so many opportunities and i'm be, i be so honest and so upfront and so real and Sometimes it just throws me when people can't get it back to you. But I do understand, um, you know, you have to be empathetic. You have to be empathetic in certain situations. And I do understand the position that he's in, the position that he was in mentally and emotionally, and just fear, you know, being afraid that all the things that you have going on in your life or your past is probably going to hurt your future. So you really don't want to say certain things and you omit certain things and people don't realize omitting is lying. <laughs> I had to explain that to him. Leaving shit out, aka omitting, is lying. So we made it through. We made it through. Everything has been going wonderful um you know we try to move forward and not revisit that uh, the only thing about that situation is we both have to be completely done respectfully we both have to be completely done my husband has a habit of thinking the next day you know okay well I don't want to talk about it anymore okay we done with that oh let's move on to something else but if the issue is still there it's still bothering me we're not done and in any relationship, I really do think respectfully, both parties need to be done. If something is still bothering your spouse, you need to still work that out because what you don't want to happen is you don't want them to hold that over your head for one, and you don't want that to continuously keep coming up. You can't forgive a person and say you let something go and keep talking about it. So for me, 
I wasn't ready. And I would tell him like, no, nah, like, no, nah, I'm not ready to let it go until I'm ready to let it go until I'm over this until I've healed from this. We're going to continue to talk about this. I'm going to continue to bring up how I feel. And he ended up having to respect it, understand it and just deal with it. Because guess what? Once I'm done, once he's done, that issue is put to bed and we moving on with our life. I'm not going to revisit it. I'm not going to talk about it no more. I forgave him. I let it go. And so I'm not going to bring it up anymore because I let it go. I trashed it. You know, I, I cleansed myself of whatever it was and I'm done. And these are things, these are things that in any relationship, is what needs to happen. But I will say these are the things in my previous relationships and previous friendships that I did not tap into. And I am learning so much um, within this relationship and within this marriage because the communication is the only major form that we have. And that's why I say it makes our bonds so much stronger because they there there are no distractions we can't fuck it out we can't you know he can't you know blow my back out and just make me just change my mind you know he can't buy me nothing to sway me into something else no we have to do some real work we have to communicate it like we can't put a band-aid over a gunshot wound and that's what we typically go through um within relationships but for us when you're dealing with a prison relationship you have none of that you can't do any of that. You really have to communicate. You really have to be honest. Talk about it. Work it out. Um, because if you don't, the bad part about it is if the communication starts to cease, then you guys won't talk. Because guess what? You can't just call this man when you want to. And you can deny answering his phone call. He can't pull up at your house. He can't come to your job. You know what I'm saying? So it will it will kill. It will kill the entire situation because of the limited forms of communication that you have. It's just email and it's just phone. But we worked it out. We worked it out. Um... And within this spiritual journey, it's, it's really teaching me a lot about patience. It's teaching me a lot about forgiveness. Um, it's teaching me a lot about just understanding the power of God and understanding his pathway and where he actually wants you to be. I have surrendered a lot of things with the understanding of this is God's will. This is what he wants. This is how he wants it to be. And so all of these things have created the perfect recipe for me to try to continue with having a very healthy and successful relationship with someone who is incarcerated. And that is the purpose of this podcast is to share my journey to help you with your journey. Um, and even not with just a prison relationship, relationships are relationships. <laughs> we all go through things. We all have problems. They're a little bit different, but men and women still the same. But guys, that is all I have for 
technically the topic of the day is just the update of everything that's been going on with me and my husband this 30 day sabbatical that I've taken to kind of just really start working on some other things which I will talk about later in the episode um and just giving myself the time to do the work that I need to do for my relationship too because without my relationship there is no podcast (laughs) so yes I've been putting in personal time personal work um working on my marriage um and working on a lot of other things but I am so glad to be back on the mic I am so glad that you guys have tuned in and that you guys are still tuning in and listening I can see the numbers the numbers are still growing the numbers have not stopped the listening has not stopped so thank you guys so much for tuning in to wetlock chronicles podcast guess what four more episodes until season three I'm so excited for season three um Wow, so many different things that's going to be happening for season three. But the one thing that I'm most excited about is his daughter, who I've told you guys in one of my episodes, I really feel like if she would have kept going with her music, with her rapping, she would have been definitely one of the goats, like knocking down majority of these female rappers right now. She's going to be doing our theme song uh for the podcast and it will be available it will be available on itunes and every platform where you can download and and buy the actual song um that will be a part of season three so i'm so excited about that like the whole process and everything like i've been talking to him about the process i just talked to her about the process um i still got work to do with b mart so i haven't stopped that like i got big plans for season three um along with some other stuff but again we'll jump into that later on in the episode but thank you guys so much for tuning in for listening for continue to listen for continuing to pass the word on i appreciate you guys so so much this is episode 15 of season two So ladies, self-care is so important now more than ever. That's why when it comes to my skincare, I use Clean Rituals Complete Serum. The benefits are impressive. Clean Rituals keeps your skin smooth, reduce signs of aging, gives you that radiant look, most of all maintains healthy looking skin. I love this serum guys and trust me, you will too. Aging is a fact of life looking your age is not visit cleanrituals.com and start your healthy skincare now that's k-l-e-a-n-r-i-t-u-a-l-s.com now back to the show Today's meme of the day is it's okay to disconnect from everyone to connect back to yourself. And that is the meme of the day, guys. Having a spouse incarcerated isn't easy. You go through a lot emotionally, mentally, and it can become a financial burden as well. 
Fed Up Wives is my nonprofit organization that's set to help wives and families of federal incarcerated inmates. We provide counseling, emotional support, and financial assistance for inmate phone calls, postal correspondence, visitation expenses, and back-to-school assistance. To contact us, email fedupwives.org at gmail.com or call 404-543-8688. Now back to the show. You've got mail. Let me see what I have in this bag. So today I have a couple of questions for my husband that he has answered for you guys that submitted questions for him. And of course, some for myself. So I'm going to start off with his questions. His first question was, for all the money you made, has it been worth being away from your family? His response was, fuck no, in big letters. I'll shovel shit before I leave my damn kids again. The second question, what are your favorite TV shows to watch? His answers was Tyler Perry's Sisters, Atlanta, Atlanta Housewives, and TMZ. And let me tell y'all something. My husband did not watch TV when he was on the street. Like, so to see, to know that he watches this stuff and he really be like calling me like, baby, did you see TMZ? Did you see this? Did you see this? Like, I can't even believe (laughs) that he likes this messy shit, but he really, really likes these shows. But before when he was on the street, he never watched TV. It's a lot of movies. I think, you know, I've talked about this before. If you can recall, it's a lot of movies that my husband has never seen. And I mean, like the classic movies, like the above the ring and the New Jack Cities and the Scarface and the Belly and oh my God, the list goes on. But those are his favorite shows to watch right now. Um, third question, how do you feel about seeing your wife for the first time as your wife, not as your friend or your niece's best friend? His answer was anticipation going dumb. Oh my God, I can't wait to pull her long ass hair, squeeze her neck, bite her lips and smack her on the ass. I don't know why y'all be asking this man these crazy questions. You know, he gonna be vulgar. (laughs) Okay. So the fourth question is, um, what is the first home cooked meal you want and who do you want to cook it? His answer was, I'm gonna have to hold off on the wife's meal right now because I got to see what she can do. So I have to say any damn thing my sister Sonya cooks, I won't end. She goes crazy in the kitchen. And I think that it's so cute. I ain't even mad. I'm not even mad. I am not even mad. I mean, I could throw down, but I ain't mad. Um, last question is, will you eat bologna <laughs> when you come home? His answer was, Fucking right. I'll forever eat bologna. I'm a product of 860. <laughs> we ain't never on the bougie shit. So y'all remember that answer, okay? Remember, I don't have to hit, oh, do I need to hit the rewind button? Y'all remember that answer now? He will forever eat bologna. Okay? Okay. <laughs> now, the questions for me. Will you have a wedding when your husband comes home? Yes, that is the intentions. That is the plan. 
um that was the plan from the beginning we just didn't know you know prior to him being sentenced what his actual time was looking like so we was planning to you know actually have a wedding in like 2020 2024 or 2025 i believe that was the date that was actually set um, and so, you know, a little monkey wrench in the plans, but the wedding is still going to go on. Of course, I still want my day. I still want to be beautiful. I want to feel like a princess. You know, I want all eyes on me. I want my day. I want my family there. I want his family there. That is something that we actually really, really both want to do. Um, the way we went about it this time, it was kind of selfish, but it's something that we really wanted to do. Um, but definitely it pulled away from the experience of, you know, our family and at least letting our family know what our plans really were. So yes, wedding ceremony for sure. Big for sure. Um, next question. How many times have you or your husband broken up? <laughs> um, I'm gonna be honest. The honest answer is we never really broken up. Like, you know, we've had situations where he'll be like, so you gonna leave me, let me know. Um, and I had to just really remind him, like, you know, we, we're married. You know what I'm saying? We, we've, we've said vows, you know, it's not that easy just to walk away. Like we, we gotta be, we gotta be adults about this, talk about this or whatever. Um, and then there's been times where, you know, I've said to him, like, I don't really think we could do this. You know, I think we, I don't know, maybe we need to wait till you come home. But those have all been spurred of moments when situations have come up. Um, and it's difficult. It's difficult to argue, fuss, and fight with somebody's incarcerated. It's difficult. So technically, we have never really broken up. But have I told him certain stuff? Yes. Um, and, but he's never he's never said to me it's over. He's never said I'm done. He's never said it's over. He's never said let's just try this when I come home. He he has never said that. I've said it. He's never said it. Um, but once I told him that you know we're married, there is no breaking up. You can't break up out of a marriage. Now he flips it back on me. So when I start talking crazy, he'd be like, "Oh no, they ain't no breaking up." Ain't no breaking up. We we don't break up out of this. So we've never technically really broken up. Um, we've had our moments, you know, where we wanted to throw in a towel or, you know, we've talked about throwing in a towel, but mainly it's really been on me. It's really been on me. Um, so never, never, never um have we technically really, really broken up. Uh, next question. What do you love the most about your husband? Who? let me see that's a hard one um that's a hard one but I'm gonna tell you one 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 of the things one of the things is that that I love about my husband is that he is still gonna be himself I respect him so much because a lot of times when people get incarcerated you know they they go into this newfound relationship with God and you know they do it they do it out of a need they do it out of um 
trying to correct some things because they want something in return. And I hate to say it like that, but it's the truth. Um, you have a lot of people who pray, 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 pray. And then when the outcome that they want comes through, they forget about the praying they forget about the person that blessed them with these things and you know the focus is not on that anymore and what i respect and love the most about him is that he's not acting like oh you know i'm holier than thou now i've changed and you know he's not telling me he's gonna be this perfect person and he's not telling me what i want to hear um and i respect that and i love that the most about him like my husband has not turned into this super religious person and you know all these things because of where he is like if he decides that that's what he wants to do believe me when i tell you it's gonna be a natural progression it's gonna be something genuine like as for me um i needed to be fed the word more i was i was feeling that i was missing something it wasn't me saying oh i'm gonna get i'm gonna go you know go for god i'm gonna pray real hard because i'm trying to do this i'm gonna try i'm trying to accomplish that it wasn't for gain it wasn't for gain and I respect him and I love him because he's him. He's him. He's not pretending to be anybody else. He's not putting on to t- to sell me a dream, to convince me to stay uh, or convince me to do things for him. You know, he's, he's not, he's not selling me wolf tickets. He is 100% being himself flaws and all. And that's how a lot of our conversations kind of got a little sticky because some of the things that he didn't tell me as time was going on, he started opening up and telling me stuff, you know, that he omitted or whatever, but he's him. He's him. He's not trying to be anybody else but who he is he's not faking he's not flodging he's not putting on he's not trying to act like he's found god and he's saved and you know all these things to try to gain something and that is what i respect the most um about him um what i love about him probably one of the big things that i love about him is the way he loves his children the way he loves his daughters that is very very um important to me i'm a daddy's girl i loved my dad so much my dad was my first love my first i mean my first heartbreak my first everything and um to see him love his daughters like that it means so much to me so between the love he has for his daughters and just the him being a man and being a man of who he is and not changing who he is and just being honest and real with who he is from where he is that's what i respect the most about my husband and one of the things i love the most about my husband and that ladies and gentlemen concludes the questions and the answers and the comments you guys know i love them please keep them coming i have months and months and months and months and months of questions that still need to be answered i'm going to answer them as i told you before if i don't answer them on this platform i will always respond via email you can email me at wetlockchroniclespodcast at gmail.com i will answer the questions either way Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 16 of season two. Babe. What's up, baby? I love you. Me too. So now it is time for the extra report. 
Well, guys, my husband is doing great. He's crazy as hell, but he is doing great. He's um, working on his minute management. I'm telling y'all, I've been having to send him like a minute schedule. Like, okay, this week you need to talk for these minutes. You need to do this. You need to do that. Because my husband will go two weeks out of a month with no minutes and all kind of stuff seemed to be happening in the last two weeks when he don't have no minutes and that is the absolute worst and i'm trying to help him just maintain at least have some kind of minutes um when it's you know just in case like how you used to have that quarter just in case you had to make that phone call i'm trying to help him preserve his minutes but when my husband get on that phone and get to talking to his sister get to talking to his niece get to talking to me get to talking to his kids he act like he on a cell phone and lo and behold within 14 days all his minutes are gone so as of right now we doing good on the minutes. Uh, I do not know how many minutes he have. I'm scared to ask, but I do know that he's really trying to hold on. His other daughter, his birthday is coming up. So he wanted to make sure he had minutes to call her. So minutes are doing good. Um, He's still working out. He's still working in the kitchen. He just got some kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a promotion. I'm not really sure, but they switched his day. So now he doesn't have to do as much the in the kitchen and not for that long either my husband took some pictures honey let me tell you Whew, he looks so good but when i tell y'all at first <laughs> i was joining his ass i was like okay why do you have on this hat he looked like he worked at jurassic park first of all that whole khaki outfit with the damn safari type hat on he looked like he worked at jurassic park okay the second thing was for whatever reason guys who are locked up have this certain physique this swole prison look you know when they cross their arms their upper body just all their upper bodies look the same that prison muscular swole beefed up look that's what he had i'm like yeah i could tell you in jail working out um but he looks good he looks good um he looks good now i'm gonna tell y'all something i flipped it on him guys i flipped it on him oh my god i flipped it on him and that's gonna be a part of my story my my story of the day but you know what i'll just share it right here we're gonna do the story of the day along with the updates on my husband so quick switch story of the day my husband is always asking for pictures he always want pictures and i told y'all guys how i feel about pictures going into the uh, prison system i have a problem with these strangers looking at my pictures it just freaks me out um i'm not finna send the raunchy busted open type pictures that's not me never will i would not do that but um i still send some very tasteful you know sexy pictures to my husband of course but i flipped it on him so when he when i got the pictures of him okay he had on some gray sweatpants and ladies we know about those gray sweatpants so i started saying dang baby you know you got on your gray sweatpants or whatever and he started laughing on the phone like he just is if he just got so bashful and shy i could hear it in the laugh and I was like, um, mm-hmm, let me see what you're working with in these jogging pants. So I start saying to him that the next time you send me some pictures, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. I want them pants to fit like this because I'm trying to see some. See, I'm trying to blow the picture up. He felt like a piece of meat on a rack. He was like, babe, like, damn, like, 
I mean, he was tripping. I said, now you see how I feel? Now you see how women feel when y'all be calling to my old pose like this. Poke it out. Do this. Open your leg. Do this right here. Do this right here. Lean over that way. Show me this. Show me that. So when I started doing that to him, oh, he did not like it. He thought he was laughing. He was laughing, but he was slickly like embarrassed, but like a little shy, like what? Like, wait a minute, what? I'm like, yeah, you know, next time I need your shorts, I need these kind of shorts on. I want to see this kind of pose. And I was just really fucking with him so he could see how it felt. I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, you know, you need to goddamn go work out so you can be soaking wet. I need to see your body. Like, he was like, wait a minute. I ain't finna be taking no fucking pictures like that. Like, I'm in jail, you know what I'm saying? But I was really messing with him to let him see how it felt to just be like sexualized like that he was like okay i get it i still want my damn pictures but okay i get it but it was so funny because as soon as i said oh did you take me some gray sweatpants pictures he was like you pervert like but you know we we need those great sweatpants pictures <laughs> so i had to flip it on him for him to see how that felt but anyway back to the updates on him he's doing great guys um he's looking forward to being transferred in the next couple of months i am so excited for that because my husband does not want me to come see him in visitation behind the glass he is really not feeling it he keeps saying if you want to do what you can i can't stop you but then when i start saying okay well i'm gonna come such and such and such and such he's like i don't want to see you through no glass that's fucking torture so hopefully hopefully um in four to five months, he'll be transferring. And when he does transfer, hopefully it'll be somewhere where we can actually physically touch each other and hug each other and things like that. Because I'm not going to front. I had a, a dream the other night that the roles were reversed. And I just kept, I woke up like, I okay, I get it. I get it. I, I, I probably would hate to be on the other side of that glass and just watch my family just walk away. I can't hug them. I can't kiss them. I can't do absolutely anything. It would feel like being a zoo animal. So I completely understood it. I'm not going to push the issue anymore. Um, I know he wants to see me. I want to see him too. So we're just going to, you know, wait it out, hold out. And hopefully when he gets transferred, you know, it'll be a different um, situation. But outside of that, he's doing really, really well, um, staying healthy. His blood pressure is dropping. He's eating better. He's going super hard with this working out. Um, And he's just staying positive. He's just staying positive. He's doing everything he needs to do to maintain a positive, a healthy, positive mindset, um, given where he is so he can come home. So he can come home to his family and myself. Um, and we just can't wait. We cannot wait. Um, I love my husband. I just can't wait to start this thing called life with him but he did have a message for you guys yesterday um i told him i was going to be recording and editing all day um yesterday and today so he wanted me to tell you guys that he wishes you guys much success in whatever you guys are striving for and he wants to send out as much positive energy he's sending blessings of prosperity to all you guys and he is thanking you 
for all the love and support for myself and for this podcast as well as for us. And that is all that I have on the updates of my husband and the story of the day. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Thank you guys for joining me. Thank you guys for subscribing. Thank you guys for passing the word on. Thank you guys for being supportive. I know I don't have to tell you how much I appreciate you, but I choose to. This is episode 16 of season two. Wetlock Chronicles, Milk and Cereal, and the Third Side Podcast are all a part of 1329 Media and Production Company, RT Brand LLC, and Extra Entertainment. For more information on our media services, contact us at 1329mediaproductions at gmail.com. Today, on a serious note, I want to talk about Matthew Baker Jr. If you guys do not know, um, if you're not following me on social media um, or on any of my platforms, I am going to do a podcast fighting for Matthew, which will drop in November. This podcast is going to be strictly talking about Matthew Baker Jr.'s case outlining everything that's going on with his case um interviewing his mom interviewing him um court documents everything pertaining to Matthew Baker Jr.'s case um I will be talking about it I will be talking about it in this podcast fighting for Matthew it will be available in November it's already put up um, on all the sh- on all the streaming um, I will be dropping a trailer for it next week as well I hope you guys will tune into it um, this is uh, something that's very very important to me Matthew Baker's life is very very important to me um, so I want to read an article from um, Honeysuckle Magazine from Kaylin Womack. And this was in December 6th of 2021. Um, it is titled Matthew Baker Jr. Case Update. No evidence found to qualify Georgia man for the death penalty. Matthew Baker Jr., a 24-year-old Henry County, Georgia man, faces the death penalty for a quadruple murder known as the bonfire killings that occurred in 2016. His co-defendant, Jacob Koski, has confessed to the killings and has since been sentenced to four consecutive life sentences without possibility of parole. However, in recent motion hearings, new evidence and testimonies failed to prove Baker had hands in the murder. Matthew was the only black kid in the whole thing. I feel like the prosecution just wants to put the black kid down to make somebody pay for the murder, said Angela Lanier, Baker's mother. Baker's family, friends, and supporters, including Demita Bishop, co-founder of the advocacy nonprofit FAIR, believes he is a victim of racial bias in the case as Honeysuckle's investigation has documented. September and November court hearings were in 
were in response to the defense motions to suppress Baker's statement. The evidence and witnesses presented to the court included body camera footage turned in by Henry County Police Officer Matthew Phillips, six Henry County Police officers present during Baker's detainment and camera footage from Baker's interrogation. No witnesses incriminated Baker per their testimonies and Sergeant David LaCoy of Henry County Police testified no hard evidence was found to connect Baker to the crime. Baker, in his own words, told his story and how he was not involved in the murders. The night of October 6th, I'm sorry, October 26, 2016, Baker witnessed Jacob Kosky open fire on unarmed people at a bonfire party in Moccasin, on Moccasin Gap Road. The two returned to a white Jeep with Kayla Head, Brooke Knight, and Jacob Williams. Koski told Head to drop him off at the Newton County line and the other four returned to Baker's home. The following morning, several police officers at Baker's home, I'm sorry, several police officers arrived at Baker's home looking for the white Jeep and Jacob Koski. Six Henry County police officers and two detectives testified on the events that took place when they arrived at Baker's house on the morning of October 27th. Kayla Head, Brooke Knight, Jacob Williams, and Matthew Baker, who were standing outside, were handcuffed on the ground. Baker's mother, Angie Lanier, his younger sister, Jada Jenkins, and her, at the time, newborn daughter were escorted out of the house. Every officer testified their assessment that morning was to locate a vehicle connected to a homicide and to locate Jacob Koski, who was a homicide suspect. Sergeant Paul Dallinson testified that Koski was their primary person of interest, and he did not know the extent of involvement of anyone else. Sergeant David LaCroix asked Baker a number of questions regarding the night before the whereabouts of Koski. LaCroix also made an assumption about Koski and Baker while explaining to Miss Lanier all of this because Matthew is friends with Jacob. Lanier and Baker both denied the friendship and specified to the two that the two only knew each other. Toward the end of their conversation, a voice over the dispatch said Koski called 911 to turn himself in. LaCroix testified that he told Baker he needed him to come down to the station to ask him a few questions. Lanier and Baker said they were under the impression that Baker would return home following the interview. Baker's brother, J.D. Baker, saw the news coverage from Butts County Jail. When I saw it on the news and I told the correction officer I knew something about the quadruple homicide, I said I needed to talk to somebody from Henry County, J.D. Baker said. His first thought was that Koski had killed Matthew. I told them I know who did it. I thought Jacob did it. He was the only one who could potentially be capable of doing something like that. The interrogation tape showed Baker explaining to LaCroix what happened and what he saw the night of the incident. LaCroix began the conversation by reassuring Baker he was not a suspect. 
I know you didn't have a gun in your hand and didn't pull the trigger on anyone. I know you were in the house when it happened. I know you know who did it and what happened after, said LaCroix. Baker continued the conversation detailing what happened from his point of view. Baker said that he had Knight and Williams were invited to a kickback at Mossican Gap Road in McDonough, Georgia by Mackenzie Jude Walton, Jacob Koski's sister. Jacob Koski was already at the party when they arrived. Baker said he and the other three were escorted to the backyard where the bonfire was. Baker also said he only met Koski two days prior to the bonfire. After about 15 minutes, Walton asked Baker and his friends to leave. Baker and the other three arrived back at his home around 9.30 p.m. as per request of his mother. They did not return to Moccasin Gap Road until 1.45 a.m. when Koski texted Brooke Knight asking for a ride home. LaCroix testified that Koski texted Knight saying he was being jumped by six people. Koski told Honeysuckle that he only said that to get them to move faster because he had plans to go to the pawn shop. Baker said he was invited to go to get Koski, but initially declined because he wanted to follow his mother's orders and stay home. His sister Jada Jenkins said Baker told her, I'm just going to pick somebody up and take them home. I'll be right back before leaving the house. Now, this is a pretty lengthy article. It's a very, very good article. It details um, everything thus far pertaining, uh, pertaining to the nights of the event. A lot of things that took place in court, in the interrogation room. It really highlights um all the details, all the details pertaining to Matthew Baker. Um, this um, article link has always been in the footnotes of every single episode. If you would like to check it out, just go to the footnotes, click the link. The link is also on Patreon if you want to read more into it. Um, as I said before, I've talked about Matthew a lot. I post about Matthew a lot. Um, Matthew is in the same shoes as my friend Michelle, who you guys, if you do not know, is now home. Um, after being sentenced to life, she fought for her case. She fought for her case. Her civil rights were violated. She was able to win. Um, and Michelle came home after doing almost 13 years um in prison and you guys if you are a person who's been listening to this podcast you remember michelle used to do segments on this podcast her and jojo so now michelle is physically physically free um her and matthew share a lot of the same similarities um between the two of their cases and for the past month i have been working on fighting for Matthew podcast this is something that's very important to me something that I really feel like that God is 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 pushing me to do um pushing me on this pathway I want to say I want to do everything that I can to save this boy's life he should not be facing life I mean he should not be facing the death penalty it's ridiculous um 
I ask that you support this movement, you know, to sign his petition. It's always been in the footnotes. Um, if you follow me on social media, I'm always posting the link. You know, him, his family, all of us that support him are asking for people to support us by supporting him as well. Um, and that is all that I have um, on a serious note today. The case of Matthew Baker Jr. The case of Matthew Baker Jr. The podcast Fighting for Matthew will be dropping in November. Um, get familiar with it, guys. Get familiar with it because I will be talking about it. I will be interviewing about it. I will be pulling court documents, everything pertaining to this case. We need to put this case out there on Front Street. We need to put it out there for people to know what's going on. This needs to pique the hearts of parents, of teenagers, um, of anybody. We need this story out there. We need Matthew Baker's story to be told. We need it to be heard. We are not trying to take away. I will say this again. We are not trying to take away from the victims that lost their lives in this incident. We just want the right people to be held accountable and those that do not have anything to do with it to be free. As a human being, I have no children. I have no children. I say that again. I have no children. But if I did, outside of me having a mom, outside of me having a brother, outside of me having nieces and nephews, best friends, husband, and all of that, I would want justice for my loved ones. And with that justice, I would want true justice. I would not want anybody to be doing time for something that they did not do because that only means that the person that actually did it is still free. That is not the justice that I would be seeking. So again, thank you guys for tuning in to Wetlock Chronicles podcast. This is episode 16 of season two. So now it is time for my thoughts. Love, relationships, marriage, life, <laughs> it's all work. It's all work. Um, I have been having an amazing, amazing journey. Um the good and the bad. I accept both. This journey has been amazing. I love my husband. I love what we share. I do not regret absolutely anything. Um, him being incarcerated doesn't mean a thing to me. Um, sometimes I just think to myself, you know, I, I, not to say that I'm glad that he's incarcerated, but I know, I know that this relationship, this bond, what me and him have, I would not have been able to experience this had he would have been on the street. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it would have never happened. We would have still remained to be friends, kicked it and been cool, but it would have never gone this way. And so I know it's kind of like a bittersweet thing to actually say, but the intimacy that I share with him I adore it. I love it. I thank God for it. Um, I'm growing from it. It's really taught me about love. 
um, you know, true and genuine love. Yes, it's a lot of work um, when you come from two different worlds and um, and you try to find common ground. It's not always easy. It's not always easy, but it's it's definitely, definitely worth it. Um, this podcast has been amazing, you know, as the episodes and the, and the seasons keep, keep growing, you know, every, every season I want to make it bigger. I want to transition. I want to do different things. Um, I'm just loving this entire process. I'm loving this entire process. And I'm just grateful that you guys do tune in, that you guys are listening. Um, I'm seeking out sponsors and I'm just trying to go hard. Like I've been in this refocus mode. Um, I've been very distracted lately with a lot of things that I have going on. Um, taking on a lot of other people's personal problems, helping other people, you know, trying to get their lives together. A lot of distractions have come into my pathway. And so now I am trying to free myself from a lot of things so that I can begin to refocus on myself, refocus on my brand, refocus on all the things that I'm trying to do um, to elevate my situation, our situation, um, so that I can just continue to keep pursuing these goals. One of my new goals is to actually own a plaza. I have really, really been grinding um, so that I can make this happen. I'm trying to take a page out of Nipsey Hussle's book. I want a plaza to house all of the businesses that I have and to give the opportunity for other business owners, for black business owners to um, come and 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 become a become make make this plaza a home for them as well. So I am going after the money to get more money. Um and that's what another thing that I've been working hard on. I've been working hard just trying to get everything in order so that I can make this happen. Like I really want a plaza to put every from my bakery to a studio you know, to a candy store, you know, I'm trying to do custom printing, hookah store, like, I have a lot of businesses and brands that I really need to put a lot more into that I have been um, doing for the past couple of months. So I'm working, I'm working, I'm trying to get refocused. I'm trying to figure out where I need to be, where God wants me to be. I'm, I'm still in this journey. I'm still in this journey. I'm still doing this detox. I'm trying to stay spiritually, spiritually grounded. Um, and I'm doing the work. I'm doing the work. Matthew Baker Jr. You know, I've talked to a lot of people about their cases. I've heard a lot of stories from John Kite, Ashley Morgan, um, Christopher Bennett, Brian Nichols. Um, I have had the opportunity to talk to people and you know get to know them on personal levels get to know their families on personal levels and it is so hard to take all that stuff in it is mentally and emotionally exhausted 
because it's nothing that you can do. It's something that you can do. Let me let me rephrase that. You you feel extremely helpless at the time of hearing these stories. Your mind starts to turn of how you can help these people. What can you, your one person, do to help make a change? Um, and I saw, I saw how things work when you fight through Michelle Morrison. I saw when you have people in your corner and in your life that believe in you, that want the best for you, that fight for you. I saw where it can go. I saw where it could go. Dedication, hard work, and love from people and supportive people. I saw what it can do. I saw what it can do. I saw God's hand in it. I saw the pieces, the moving pieces, how they were coming uh, uh, together. But it was through God. It was totally through God. God put the pieces together, put the people in the right position in this girl's life to help her fight and to tell her story I saw it I saw it with my own eyes and so that is what motivates me for Matthew I want so desperately to save Matthew's life he is so smart he is so genuine God has an anointing on this boy that is so serious because he knows who he is and he accepts where he is he accepts that he's a sacrificial lamb and he's okay with it because his faith is so strong people like Matthew people like Christopher Bennett is one of the reasons why I really wanted to tap in and and build a relationship a closer relationship with God because it's their faith it's their faith that made me realize I needed to work on mine. I needed to get closer to God. I needed to build a stronger relationship with God because the things that these people faced, my God, it only God, only God can get them through. Only God can get them through and is getting them through. But to hear the peace within their voices when they talk, and they are not free they are in the worst situations and the worst conditions imaginable but to hear the peace and the confidence that they have when they talk about the spirit and the love of God and the faith that they have in him it's amazing it's amazing and I knew at that point I needed it I needed it and I needed more of it It is my duty at this point to do everything that I can to help bring awareness to Matthew Baker's story. Um, To tell it like it is, to tell the truth, to, to bring it out there in forefront and to use my voice as much as I can to make everyone aware of what's going on in this case. You guys can help me help him. You guys can help me help him his story needs to be told it needs to be heard it needs to be heard we've all been teenagers before we've all been in a situation where we done rolled with somebody you know not knowing what's going on but as a friend just do like we have been Matthew several times I know I have 
I know I have gotten in the car, I've taken a friend somewhere, not knowing what's going to happen, or, or, or I was in a situation and I saw some things and, you know, your mind goes somewhere else, your adrenaline pumps, you click to a whole dimension, you don't know what to do, how to do. We've all been Matthew. We've all been Matthew. And I feel it in my heart. I feel it in my gut. I feel it in my spirit. I know God is not forsaking this little boy. I know he's going to come home, but he needs our help. (laughs) He needs our help. His mom needs our help. And that is my screaming out. (laughs) Me screaming out to you, all of you listeners out there. Google him, sign his petition, read everything about him. Fighting for Matthew podcast will be dropping in November. Thank you guys for for everything. Thank you guys for tuning in. That is all I have for my thoughts, guys. That's all I have for my thoughts. I miss you guys. I miss getting on this mic. I miss uh, getting on this board. Uh, I have so many great things coming up. I, I I'm not going to say too much. I'm, I'm just saying enough, just a little. I'm not going to say too much, but I have a lot of wonderful things coming up. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited with me. Thank you guys for not giving up on me. Thank you guys for just not saying, oh, she ain't said nothing in a month. Forget it. Unsubscribe. You know, I'm not whatever. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for continuously tuning in and listening and subscribing and growing with me and being on this journey with me, our journey. It is so, 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 so appreciated. And I know, I know, I don't have to keep saying it, but I choose to. Thank you guys again. This is episode 16 of season two. quick update guys all right patreon to become a patreon just visit patreon.com and um log in sign in become a member of wetlock chronicles podcast i have four tier memberships five dollars ten dollars twenty dollars and forty dollars the forty dollar memberships get you exclusive everything even free merch every three months if you would like to promote your brand or your business please um email 1329 media productions at gmail.com i always forget that (laughs) at gmail.com um to donate support if you want to buy your girl some coffee or some lunch or just whatever you can cash out wetlock chronicles again cash out wetlock chronicles to get the cocktail of the day the cocktail and the recipe and the ingredients will be on the patreon all of the cocktail of the days are on the patreon Please sign a petition for Matthew Baker and for Christopher Bennett. Please, 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 please. Do not forget, I will be posting the book of the month and the app of the week on Patreon. I will also leave it in my footnotes. Um, I have to <laughs> incorporate this into my notes sometimes because I will forget. Your girl got a lot on her mind, but my selection of my book of the month and my app of the week will be on Patreon and it will be in the link in the footnote. Pretty Litter, 
shout out to Pretty Litter. I hope you guys hear me out there. Um, sponsorship, sponsorship, sponsorship. Your girl is trying to get more sponsorship. I love Pretty Litter. Penelope loves Pretty Litter. We got her first um bag of litter last month. It's amazing. I love it. I ain't gonna lie. It smell. It smell is great. You don't even know I had, you never knew I had a cat before, but you definitely don't know I have I have a cat now. She loves it. When I tell you this litter is like crystals. I've never seen white crystally litter. Um and it works it exactly like it says. The different colors of whatever um uh, if something's wrong with your cat, you know they have the different levels of color from the urine. Penelope is healthy. Bad as hell and crazy, but she's healthy, but I'm loving pretty litter. We're going on month 2 now. So shout out to pretty litter if you out there pretty litter holla at your girl um and that is it that is all guys that is all i have for the updates um matthew baker fighting for matthew uh podcast dropping in november yes milk and cereal still coming still coming i'm just waiting on my best friend i have already gotten um my studio equipment for a host. So I got my new microphone, my new uh, Shure microphone headsets. Your girl has a whole home studio. I have been working on it, setting it up. I put pictures up today. Um, We're going. 1329 Media Productions is going. And that is all. That is all I have, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and subscribing and listening and all of the above. You know the rest. You know what I'm going to say. Thank you again, guys, for tuning in to Wet Like Chronicles podcast. You can find this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Anchor FM, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please be sure to follow this podcast on Facebook and Instagram under Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, Twitter, Wetlock Podcast, Patreon, Wetlock Chronicles Podcast, and you can email Wetlock Chronicles Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah.